This is episode 22 of the Femme Perfect podcast and the third episode in our mini series, The Femme Perfect Body Love Project. Welcome. So many of us, myself included, have had this idea that dieting will somehow change our life. We have to ask ourselves, like, what are we really trying to do because we we so badly want something to change um, but we actually don't need dieting or weight loss to to experience that shift Hello, that was Jesse Howardy for The Body Love Project. My name is Carly Sinudre, and I'm so excited to welcome you as the host of the Femme Perfect Podcast and as just this personal journey for me going alongside with you on figuring out how to love our bodies. If you listened to last week's episode with Nina Manolson, she gave us the body love map to find out how to DTR with your relationship with your body. And I wanted to encourage you, you can use that not just with dieting or weight loss or trying to figure out how to manage or or love your body, but with chronic pain or chronic illness too. Maybe you have migraines. Maybe you struggle with adrenal fatigue. Maybe you have some chronic illness or pain medically that's just not going to go away, like Lyme's disease or something like that. I want to encourage you ladies or men who are listening to this as well. We can apply this map to more than just diet culture. We tend to hate our bodies. We tend to blame our bodies for making us feel certain ways. If I was normal, then I'd feel happy. If I didn't have this chronic pain, this these migraines all the time, then I'd be able to accomplish what I would love to do. And that is partly true, but for some reason, we have to figure out how to deal with the symptoms, manage the pain, manage our bodies. Maybe we try to use different tools. Maybe we try are in that management or hate phase. I want to encourage you, use this map to figure out where you are in relationship to your body with more than just weight loss. I just want to encourage you to, you can have chronic pain and still move toward adopting nourishing practices to get you from body hate or management to body awareness, to body positivity, learning to love your body how it is. Yes, this chronic pain is so hurtful. Yes, it's so hard to live with this pain. But our bodies are trying to heal and something has gone wrong and we can still nourish our bodies. So please hear me. You are not alone in this and this is not just about body acceptance in that way with in regards to weight. This is also about just anything we have with our bodies. Maybe we've been traumatized in our past and we still don't know how to trust our bodies. Figure out with this map where you are in that too and go and see a counselor in your area to say, hey, I'm trying to learn how to trust my body again, but I still have panic attacks. I still have PTSD flashbacks. I still am depressed and I can't get out of bed. I would love for you to relearn how to trust your body and redeem what has happened to your body in the past. Our bodies were made to be glorious vessels to help us experience life. Why then 
ignore it why ignore the symptoms that your body's trying to tell you to communicate to you so i just wanted to throw that out there too i am excited to invite jesse Haggerty on the podcast she wants to you to know that she helps women improve their relationship with food and their body using a customized therapeutic non-diet approach that combines nutrition and movement therapy Oh man, also fun fact, she lives in Somerville, Massachusetts. That's where her practice is. And I lived in Massachusetts for a while while I was getting my degree. My best friend lived in Somerville. Hey Amanda, shout out. And we just really love Massachusetts. So even though I'm in Tennessee, love to the New England area. So Jessie has a free intuitive eating and audio training and I've listened to it and it's amazing. I want to, I'm going to link that for you in the show notes. Head on over to femperfect.com backslash slash EP22 for that information. In today's podcast with Jesse, we're going to learn what body love even means. We're going to learn how to adopt these nourishing practices, what that looks like, how to change the conversation from body hate to body love with our friends. We're going to talk about how to do that in your own families next week. And so I'm very excited for that. So stay tuned. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to just not be in diet culture anymore, how to do loving acts towards your body, and what is health at every size anyway. I am just so stoked to have Jesse on the podcast, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Please welcome Jesse Haggerty. Jesse Haggerty, welcome to the Femme Perfect Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. So I wanted to start asking you some questions because you have a podcast called The Body Love Project. Yes. And when I was Googling and doing my own research, getting ready for what I was calling The Body Love Femme Perfect Project, I typed in Body Love Project just to see what would come up. And I found your podcast, which was such a, just a, by the grace of the Lord, brought me here. And here we are. So I want to just ask you, what does body love even mean? That's such a good question. And I think that's why I started the podcast was to try and answer it. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, But I I think that it, it, it comes from a couple of different angles for me. And so one, I think that it really is rooted in this idea of body positivity and acceptance of all bodies and all sizes. So it's a, I think it's a rooted in like a social justice issue. And the fact that like, as a society, we tend not to accept all sizes. Like there's really only a small range of sizes that are represented in our media and in our culture. And it's always seems to be like the ideal to be smaller or to have a specific body shape that is often very unattainable for the majority of, I'll say women, but probably also men. Um, I just tend to work with women. And um, so that's one piece of it is kind of looking outside of yourself and saying like, why do I have these thoughts? Like, where are these thoughts coming from where I don't think a body like that is acceptable or a larger body is acceptable or too small of a body is acceptable. I think most of it is our kind of fear of larger bodies and um, trying to unpack that and, and really trying to immerse yourself in, 
in this body positive culture that really is trying to represent all sizes. So that for me is one piece of it that I think that for most of my life I I was unaware of. (laughs) And then the second piece of it is I think that body love tends to get misconstrued into like you have to love your body all of the time. And I don't think that it really works like that. I think that for many of us, like our relationship with our body is like any other relationship you have in your life. It's fluid. There are some days when things are going awesome and you're in it and there's flow. And then there's some days where you're like, oh, just get away from me. Like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Um, And so I think that the body love is more about doing loving acts towards your body. And so taking good care of yourself and putting your, the care that you want, the self-care that you have for your body first, instead of, um, kind of doing all of these things like dieting or exercise because you somehow want to change your body. It's more about, um, kind of appreciating your body and taking really good care of it. So I like to kind of think about it more like that. So it's kind of treating yourself with love and kindness versus feeling like you need to love your body at all times. Wow. It just this issue of fear of larger bodies and love doing loving acts towards our bodies. I literally never thought about it like that. And I'm actually kind of relieved because I, when you talked about it's a relationship that is not loving all the time. It doesn't mean that I don't love my body any less when I'm feeling or I have some feelings of negativity towards it. Um, it's a, a direction to continue to walk in doing these loving acts. I'm not feeling in love all the time in a relationship, um, yes. but doing loving acts together. Yeah. That- and that's really what I think strengthens any relationship in your life is, is those actions, right? Like I am in love with my partner and I love him very much, but there are some days or I I shouldn't say days, but like moments in every day where I'm like, (laughs) and that doesn't make me love him less. It's just in that moment, there's, there's disconnect. And Um, and so it's like for any other relationship, I always say like, you have to kind of clean up your side of the street first and kind of look at what your, what are the actions that I can do right now to be more loving towards my partner, my parents, my sibling or, and myself. And so I think that that's kind of the questions that we kind of always have to ask ourselves in, in any relationship, but especially the one we have with ourselves and with our body. Awesome. Jesse, when you said fear of larger bodies, uh, huh. I just want to be totally vulnerable and honest for our listeners for a second. Yeah. And and it's something that I'm working to get past body shame. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast live and vulnerable to say that there is this fear that sometimes we can have of, oh my gosh, I don't want to get that way. So I better do X, Y, Z. I better eat healthy. So I don't look this way. Right. I better um, work out today. So I don't look this way. Why do we not want a larger body, like what would be the cost to having a larger body? Right. Yeah. And I think that the other piece of that is that that fear is learned. We're not born fearing weight gain. We're not born fearing other people who have bodies that are different than ours. And and maybe fear is not the right word, but I should maybe, um, 
like stigmatizing or discriminating against other people who look different than us. And it's very much learned. And so a lot of it, it can be from our parents. A ton of it is from the media um, because everything in the media is basically telling you like, hey, you're not enough as you are. So you're going to have to do something to change. You're going to have to do something to get smaller. You're going to have to do something to get more toned or like whatever the, you know, ideal body type, you know, of the decade is. I know it's changed a little bit over time, but it's all pretty much the same, like thin ideal. And you're not born with that fear. So I think that for you and for other people listening who are kind of thinking like, why am I so scared of this? Um, it's worthwhile to kind of look back and unpack that and say like, well, you know, what were the influence I had, you know, influences I had on me growing up either from family members or friends, or a lot of times this happens like in college, that's like really where a lot of our body shame tends to come up and, and start identifying it and calling it out for, for what it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, Maybe this is a good way to kind of move into this health at every size movement. Because once we get past the fear, once we get past what's holding us back and keeping us stuck in the cycle of body shame, then we can move into a new outlook. And when I started learning about health at every size, Mm Jesse, I was immediately intrigued. And you do a lot of work in this. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about it, because I'm totally new to the subject. Yeah. Well, I have to say I've had to do a lot of my own work to kind of wrap my head around this idea, as I think that a lot of people, you know, I give a lot of talks and I talk a lot about this on my podcast. And there's definitely um, when you're hearing about this for the first time, it's a little bit of like a shock (laughs) to the system because it is so different than how we're learned. And it's so different me kind of being in this, the field of health and wellness for so long, I was really trained in this weight based, you know, paradigm where I, um, I learned how to help people change their bodies, right. And granted, like kind of just a little asterisk there. It never works. <laughs> like it doesn't actually work long term. But I wow. was trained as a dietitian, you know, to kind of help people. I mean, there's a, there's a wide a range of kind of specialties that you can go into as a dietitian. But I think the large majority of people end up doing some weight based or weight management, um, no matter what field they're in. And, um, and same thing as a personal trainer. I mean, that's like really all it is, is just like helping people lose weight, helping people exercise so they can change their bodies. And, um, after doing that for so long, I just felt like I was, I had like, I had one foot in this side where people were coming to me because they wanted to change their bodies. But at the same time, they, I just kept noticing that all of these people were just so deeply unhappy with their, their body. And again, like, for a variety of reasons, it could, it could have just been like a overall dissatisfaction, but a lot of it is like, you know, again, media messaging or the relationship they had, you know, with their bodies as they began to change in adolescence or after childbirth or all of these different stages that, you know, women go through. And I felt like I was just kind of reinforcing this, this cycle by trying to help people lose weight and trying to help people change their bodies. But ultimately they were still dissatisfied. Like no matter how much they changed or how hard they worked it, they still 
didn't, weren't able to love their bodies. And I, I had to do kind of like a lot of my own work to figure out like, well, like, what do I, how do I feel about my body? And like, let's try and unpack that. And, um, and then I discovered this, you know, the health at every size approach. And it just felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders and was like, I don't have to help people lose weight. Like this, the, so health at every size is this concept that, and I don't even want to say a concept. It's a, it's research driven. So it's not just this, like, um, you know, rainbows and unicorns philosophy of that you, the, the research that we've seen around, um, weight loss and improved health is actually not as strong as we once thought it was. And so, um, health at every size is this idea that you can be healthy no matter what size you are. And so it's not the weight, it's not the weight loss or the actual weight that you are that's really making you healthy or unhealthy. It's about the habits and the practices that you're doing on a daily basis or a regular basis. And going back to like the loving practices that you have towards your body. And that's what really can indicate health for someone and sanity, you know, because it's not about dieting and it's not about exercising, you know, to just to burn calories or just to change your body. It's about doing things that you actually enjoy and will bring happiness um, to your life and hopefully keep you healthy in the, in the long run too. So when someone comes to you and say, oh my gosh, Jesse, I really want to lose weight. I have to, I feel like it's impacting my health and negative. My doctor always wants me to lose weight and I got to do this because I'm not healthy. When you say, yes, let me help you lose weight because then you'll feel great. That's reinforcing the negative cognition. Yeah. So Gosh, I, this is blowing yeah. my mind. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So I don't do that anymore, luckily. So if someone comes to me and says, I want to lose weight. And I said, I, I usually say, of course you do. Like everyone, um, everyone thinks that they need to lose weight because that's just reinforced. So it's a totally normal um, reaction to have to the dissatisfaction you're having with your body is, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to change this somehow. Um, but the antidote is not weight loss. It's it's learning how to um, improve your body image and improve your confidence and improve your self-esteem and, you know, start taking, start implementing those loving actions towards your body versus uh, let's just try and lower the number on the scale. I just want to invite my listeners in for a second. If you're listening and you're like still not convinced, I just want to encourage you. I'm listening more and more to the research and listening. Well, I've listened to a lot of your podcast episodes, Jesse. So I'm starting to be like, yes, this makes sense. The dots are connecting for me. And now I'm convinced, but if someone else is not convinced and it took me, it took me a little bit until I started listening and doing my own research to to get convinced that this is not a, you should love yourself no matter what, but never adopt a healthy practice. This is, you can love yourself and adopt healthy practices, but the goal isn't to lose weight anymore. 
Um, we had an episode with Maureen Witten, who is an emotional eating coach, and she does intuitive eating. Um, and we also had an episode with a chiropractor who does wellness. And she said, ditch the food rules. And Maureen started talking about how to learn how to feel confident now. Like, what would happen if you did lose the weight? Then what would you feel? What would make life wonderful for you? Right. And some women say, well, then I will feel finally feel confident in my body or finally I will get a boyfriend or finally I can re feel great and powerful in my career. Well, what would happen if you didn't lose the weight and you could still feel confident and you can be confident now, or you can go on a date now, or you can continue to act in, in your career now. What would happen if you just didn't focus on losing the weight and started acting in confidence and be sexy now? And it's blowing my mind because <laughs> I think we're so convinced that we can't do that, that the weight really does stand in the way. But I don't believe that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So two things that kind of came up when you were talking about that is one, the the research shows, again, like I always like to emphasize that this is like research, uh, research driven concept. It's not just made up to... Uh, to kind of appease everyone. But the research shows that the majority of people who lose weight through dieting and exercise um, gain it back and more within a five-year period. And that weight cycling that so many women tend to go through. And again, this is weight cycling from dieting and exercise. Sometimes we go through natural weight, weight cycles because of, you know, a life stage change or pregnancy and stuff like that. I'm talking about weight cycling from dieting and exercise or restriction um, based weight cycling. And that cycling is actually more detrimental to our health than if we just stayed the size that we were at right now. So if we're thinking about this from a health concept, which I think most of us like health is kind of like the, it's like in our minds, but the body image stuff tends to override the health. But if we're thinking about it from a health concept, that um, is something that's kind of comforting to know is that like, okay, well, I can be healthy at the size I am right now. And in fact, I'll be healthier if I just stayed here than if I were to try to lose weight and then gain it and then lose it and then gain it. Wow. I don't want that. I want to right. be healthy at the size I'm at. I think what I'm learning more and more, Jesse, is from this, that if we can start working with body positivity and start learning more things about health at every size, um, one, the weight will probably fall off anyway, a little bit, or it won't, or you'll, you might gain more. It depends, but, um, it just, it seems like the cycles that we can get ourselves in is either a, a shaming cycle or a or, or something in a positive direction, like one step will continue to roll on and roll on its snowball into better healthy decisions down the road. Right. So five years down the road, if I'm practicing body awareness and practicing body positivity, applying nourishing practices to love my body, doing loving acts, it will set me up for a better place five, five years down the road than continuing restrictive based cycling or dieting and exercise that doesn't seem to work. Totally. Yes. Um, Jesse, when you're talking about these things, um, I feel like there are some women that are listening that fear um, just not dieting anymore 
or because if they don't, they will never lose the weight. Right. What would you say to someone like that? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, well, I think that so many of us, myself included, have had this idea that dieting will somehow change our life. And, and it seems to be like a, it's a pretty easy thing to find, right? There's like a diet around every corner. <laughs> and so it's accessible. And it's this thing that we've been learned, like, okay, if I just do this diet, if I just lose this weight, then my life will be different, right? We see it on all of these reality TV shows. We see it in magazines. We see it in movies. Like when a, when a character goes through a transformation, they, you know, sometimes will change their attitude, but like most of all, they're exercising more and they're eating healthier, like their, their diet and their exercise changes too. And so I think a lot of times when we feel like we need to kind of reach for the diet, we have to ask ourselves, like, what are we really trying to do right now? Because it's not always about, it's like, it is about the weight, but it's not about the weight. A lot of times, like, we reach for something like that because we we so badly want something to change, um, but we actually don't need dieting or weight loss to, to experience that shift. Um and so I guess the answer is going to be different for everyone, but. Right. Yeah. I think that's where um, having support comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. And that could look like a health coach or a nutritionist or a counselor, um, a counselor and a nutritionist who knows this health at every size model. Um, I was reading something at an eating disorder clinic and it, um, and it was talking about the health at every size for them is part of their best practices model. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, I really don't think that if you're working in the field, especially of eating disorders, like it, it's going to be really hard for someone to recover completely if they they can't understand and, and really believe in that model. Um, and it's, again, like it's not just about health at every size. You know, I feel like I've become more of an advocate for Uh, diversity and acceptance versus like an advocate for everyone being healthy, you know, because I Mm -hmm. think that I think that ultimately, like your health, like the healthy practices that you do on your own, and the ones that I do on my own do not have to be the same. Like that is totally your call. Some people might choose to, to be a little bit more focused on it. And some people might choose to kind of just, you know, try and get some vegetables and drink some water, but then not focus on the other aspects. And like, that's, so none of my business, you know, but I think that, I think that the other piece of that is, you know, if you're anyone and if you're recovering from an eating disorder, like you have to kind of embrace this idea that like there, there is no ideal body. Like the, your ideal body is like the body that you're, you have right now and it's going to change. It's it like was different at one point in your life and it's going to be different Mm -hmm. again. Like we're not going to be young and, you know, young forever. So I think that just kind of really accepting that within yourself and accepting that within our culture is like a huge piece of this work. Oh, I love that, Jesse. Um, could you talk a little bit about what other people found helpful or though you found helpful in your own journey? Yes. <laughs> uh, I found a lot of things helpful. I think for me, um, 
like you said, the support has been really helpful. And so being able to surround yourself with people who can also embrace this idea. You know, I have a lot of great colleagues and a lot of great friends who um, really understand like the work that I'm trying to do. And like nothing kind of gets me more excited than like collaborating with those people or just having conversations with those people or like doing, you know, this podcast with you right now, like that kind of makes me feel like, okay, I'm on the right track. You're on the right track. We're not alone. Like we're all doing this work together. And so any like support group that you can find, or even just listening to a podcast like this is helpful to just know that like these conversations are being had, the work is being done. And like, you can be part of that just like in your everyday life, just by, you know, dropping little hints in conversations or, you know, I know that you and I talked a little bit about this, like through emails, like choosing to take that, those, you know, body negative conversations that you're having with your friends or your family, like in another direction, all of that stuff can, can really be um, helpful. And that's, that's really been helpful to me. And I think the other thing that's been helpful is, again, learning to kind of engage with my body in a way that's not about changing it. It's just about appreciating it. And so I grew up dancing. I love to move and I've, you know, my movement practices have definitely changed over time. uh, Once I started developing a better relationship with my body, but I think that connecting with my body in that way has always been um, really helpful and just kind of appreciating like where it is right now. And wow, that's so cool. I want to talk a little bit about that body negative conversation stuff, because as I was thinking about this, I started to feel a little convicted. I've started to feel guilt and guilt can be a healthy thing. Brene Brown talks about guilt um, is so much better than shame in recognizing that we have something to own and then move towards forgiveness. Um, it's a little red flag to say, wait a second, I'm not living in in step with my values. And this is what I had guilt over. Mm. I have guilt over body negative conversations. Yeah. I realize that there are people that I love in my life that I just want to see be healthy. And I say, you probably shouldn't be drinking that right now. Or you maybe you shouldn't be eating that right now. Or right. do you think maybe you could change the portion size? And it's <laughs> out of shame for, for my own life. Yes. My stuff is coming up and I'm not realizing it. And I'm engaging someone to say, can you adopt the healthy practice that I'm doing in my life for you? (laughs) And that's messed up. (laughs) Well, I have to say like, but you're already doing it. Like just being aware of that, that you're even doing that is like a huge first step because so many of us just do this and, and don't, we think, oh, we're trying to help this person. And we don't realize that it really is coming from our own shame and our own um, notions of what health is and what that means for someone else is not what it means for me. So I think you're yeah. you're like taking the, the, a good first step here. Yes. How do I start changing that? Um, what can we do to start changing or, or redirecting that conversation, not engaging in body shaming language? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a good question. And I've been thinking about this more and more recently. Um, I talked about this a little bit on my own podcast, but I have always been very introverted. And I was listening to another interview with this woman named 
Vanessa something. And I I apologize. I don't know her name, but I will let you know. And you can link to her in the show notes because she has a lot of really great um, insights on kind of like how to uh, just like how to improve your people skills. So pretty separate, but overlaps a lot with the work that I do. And one of the things that she was talking about was if you're very introverted or you're very shy and you're in a group of people you don't know, a really easy thing to do to get the conversation started is to drop a bid. And that means like you could say something like, oh, my my feet are really killing me from these shoes. Like I hate wearing high heels. And that might elicit someone else to go, oh, me too. And then you start this conversation. But I think that for women... And especially for introverts who have trouble kind of connecting, um, you know, through more, I guess, extroverted type activities, the bid that we often drop is about our body or about food or about dieting because it's just so prevalent in our culture. And I started to recognize that not as intellectually as I'm doing it now, but when I was in college, like that was how, that was how I would relate to other girls. I would say, Oh, like I hate my thighs or, um, Oh my gosh, this meal has so many calories. Like I, I can't have that many at dinner or whatever. And it was just be like, just a way to kind of connect with people. And it felt like, it felt like deep conversation, but it wasn't, it was very surfaced. And I think that That just seems to happen a lot. And so I think that one thing to do is recognize, like if you have the instinct to to kind of drop that type of bid and be like, okay, I'm going to talk either about my own body or someone else's body, like, oh, so-and-so gained so much weight. Um, Be like, why why am I doing this right now? Like, is it that I just want to start a conversation? Is it is it malicious or is it just that I, I need to kind of start talking about something and this is the first thing that I think everyone can relate to? Um, and then see if you can kind of like go through your Rolodex of, of bids and be like, maybe I can think of something that's not wow. going to kind of like tear, um, tear either myself or someone else down or be triggering to someone else like in the conversation, you know, because if I heard something like when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, uh, how do I, how do I respond? Um, so I think that that's kind of like what you can do as someone who is maybe leading that conversation. But as someone on the other end of it, I think just really kind of brushing it off. And I still haven't, um, I still kind of have to choose my battles with this. I think because I am so like immersed in this now where I'm like, okay, am I going to call this person out and be like, Hey, let me give you some facts. (laughs) Or can I just be like, Oh, I'm not going to talk about that. And then move on to something else. So those are the two two kind of angles that you can work from, yes. I think. And you have a really great blog post about this, and you have some three takeaways on that. I think I'm going to link to it in the show notes so that yeah. re- listeners, if you want more information about how to not engage in body shaming language or how to redirect the conversation or just how to say like, you know, I don't talk about this and then shut it right. down. But this has been so, so great, Jesse. I'm just learning. Good so much. Um, and I was, and I'm wondering for two last questions. Yeah. I wanted to ask a little bit about, uh, Nina Manolson was just on our podcast recently and we didn't have time to go into those nourishing practices and you're a dietitian and a, uh, fitness coach. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, 
you must know what these nourishing practices are. <laughs> That's your whole business. Um, yeah. Is there maybe three nourishing practices that we can do to start? Or what what does nourishing practices even mean? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So what I love about this work is that it really is so different for everyone. Um, I think that there's a couple of things that we can all agree on. Like, I think that getting enough sleep every night is like a great nourishing practice and often overlooked, right? Because we've kind of been taught Mm. like, oh, well, it's more important to fit our workout in than like go to bed. And it's like, no, go to bed, (laughs) like get rest. Um, I don't think that we place enough emphasis on like how important sleep and rest and time off unplugged is Mm. for um, for our self-care and for just like our energy levels and our health and all of that good stuff. Um, so I think that that's like one we can all agree on, but I think that nourishing practices really do mean like, what do you need? Like what feels good for you? And so even for movement, like for me, movement is really like a nourishing practice of mine. And I, realize like if I go a couple of days, like without doing like either like yoga or even just stretching, I get kind of like, I feel kind of stuck in my body. Like my shoulders get tight and I don't feel like as kind of loose and fluid as I would like to. Um, but the reality is there are some days when you're like, you know, you show up to your workout class, you show up to like the gym and you're like, I just don't want to do this right now. I actually did that the other day. My boyfriend and I went to the gym and we were there for 10 minutes sitting on like a mat and we were like, we don't want to, we don't want to do this. And we left and it, and it was fine. Like nothing bad happened. <laughs> like we're still alive. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's often like a piece of advice I give to people is like every day, if you can set side a time, set time aside to show up, like just show up for yourself. And then some days it's going to be great. Like some days you might go take this like kick-ass yoga class and it feels awesome when you leave feeling with all this energy. Um, and some days you might like show up and then be like, I just don't want to do this right now. And then that's fine too. So I think, I think the nourishing, the overall like practice is like just being kind to yourself and just being, um, flexible and kind of picking out the things that you need, um, to feel good. So for me, it's sleep, it's movement, it's water. That's like something I struggle with. Like I can feel it when I don't drink enough water and I don't always make time for it um, because I love coffee so much. And so like pick the things out that you need to take care of yourself and then just try and show up for them. And if they don't happen, they don't happen. But um, if they do, you might start to notice like how good it feels and then it might motivate you to kind of keep going with it. That's awesome. I'm like scribbling down all these notes Yay. so I can start <laughs> doing it. this in my life. Mm-hmm. And I never realized that letting my body rest, giving it the time it needs to rest was even a nourishing practice. I just thought it was something that was annoying for me to do. Sometimes <laughs> because I like need the sleep and I but I need to get work done. I need and I think that ties into margin giving myself some margin to my day to have the space that I need to hold what I need to hold, feel what I need to feel and do what I need to do to be healthy emotionally, spiritually, physically. Because when we're busy, busy, busy all the time, it's a distraction and we ignore our bodies and we never give it the time of day. Totally. 
I totally agree. And that was actually a big thing for me was margin. And I, I, I used that word. I was like, I need some more space, like a larger margin between appointments and between everything I'm doing. And once you do that, like what it does for your mindset and your creativity and like just your happiness is like amazing. And you're doing nothing. Like you don't have to do anything. You just have to give yourself more time. Jesse, if you had to sum up three takeaways for the women that are listening, even men that are listening right now, uh, who are just starting on this journey of learning what it looks like to start giving their bodies the compassion it needs, what would you say? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think the first one is you are enough as you are right now. And I think that that's always really important for people to know. It's something that I talked actually a lot about with Nina when she was on my podcast was body love happens in the present. So it's not about getting to a place where you used to be. It's not getting about to this like magical future place where you're like this ideal version of yourself. It's not about being like someone else. It's just about learning that you are great as you are right now. And you have all the tools that you need to like be healthy and be happy within you. So that's one and it's loaded. <laughs> I love it. Um, I like A part B. Body ha- love happens in the present and you have all the tools that you need right now yeah. to be healthy in the moment. Yeah. And I think the other the other ones are just, like I said before, it's like just try and show up for yourself. I mean, that's the, that's the – the ultimate self-care practice is like, can you take time every day or as often as you can to really just show up for yourself? And that again, will mean something different for everyone. But it, like you said, it takes time and it takes space in your schedule to do that. So that's, that's another takeaway. And then three, I would say, um, really challenge yourself to look, you know, look back and say like, where, where are these fears that I've had around my own body or on other people's bodies coming from? And can you start adopting practices to make you more accepting of all bodies and, um, really challenging your own beliefs about that. So trying to look at, you know, social media and other websites that are embracing of all different sizes, all different shapes, all different races, genders, even, and really, um, trying to kind of embrace that and, and I think that that can be very healing for yourself as well. Jesse, thank you so much. I am still practicing these things. I love uh, it. And still so am I. Trying- <laughs> yes, we all are. We're on this journey together. And that's why I love inviting people like Jesse, people like Nina, people, and uh, just you listeners on this journey with us to start doing this work for ourselves. Thank you so much for showing up here with us Thanks. and helping me challenge my own cultural assumptions, my own shame cycles, and helping uh, our the listeners do the same. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jesse Haggerty. I want to encourage you to go to Facebook and join our Femme Perfect community to start talking about how this plays out in your everyday life. This is a closed group. You have to join and ask to join because I want to make it a very intentional group. I want to make it a very safe space for people to say, hey, I'm trying this in my own life. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to show up authentically. 
So it's totally free. And I just want to encourage you to jump on there. Again, search for Femme Perfect Community on Facebook. You can also find me at Instagram at underscore femperfect. I love posting things. I love reposting things. So if you'd like to get on my Instagram, please let me know. And I want to hear your story. And I'd love to share your story on my social media platforms too. So reach out to me. You can also email me at carly at femperfect.com. Don't forget, go subscribe to my newsletter so that you can get these resources that these women are talking about delivered to your inbox every other Friday for the Femme Perfect Friday newsletter. I'm so excited. We're going to keep on building our shame resilience toolbox. So go subscribe. You can find that at femperfect.com and hit the subscribe button at the top. Thank you guys so much. And I love to keep on getting past shame together. Bye.